Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. Uh, it's it's we're overdue for a Bears podcast. Uh, took us a while to recover from that scintillating one point loss to the fabulous Detroit Lions last week. <laughs> With me, as always, is actor comedian Mike Pusateri. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well, Andy. Glad to be here to discuss another exciting Bears close game. Uh, so as always, you can find the podcast and the newsletter. Certif- we got, I got certified as a bestseller on Substack. Whatever, whatever I that saw means. That. Right. <laughs> they sent me a badge and insisted that I tweet it, so I did. Yeah, okay. At pointlessexercise.com. And uh, Mike, they can people can find you at mikepusateri.com. That's it. They can find all my socials there. Well, good. So yeah, it, clearly the Bears threw that game. I mean, Cairo Cairo doesn't miss an extra point unless he's told, you know, hey, just kick a little more, get a little too much turf, which is exactly what happened. He kicked mostly grass. I was worried about you. I, I thought you, you you might be distraught when that happened, but you think? No, it was I know he wouldn't. No, he makes him when he makes him when he needs to. Okay, you're gonna thank him when the. Bears are picking fifth next year instead of eighth or tenth. He had a rough day all around. He had two, one kick that went out of bounds and another that almost did. Yeah. Uh, he did not seem uh, as excited about the bear muta grass as maybe he once did. It was, there were piles of it all yeah. on the field. And the Lions kicker is former bear Michael Badgley, who made all nice. of his kicks in the one game that he filled in for Cairo. I know it was like his re- revenge game. Yep, yeah, he's still mad that they brought him in for one week and then told him to go home. Poor guy. Yeah, the Bears are going to really miss playing on that awful turf when they get to Arlington Heights, aren't they? It's just going to be terrible. Well, maybe they'll put awful turf in the dome. Don't put a past. <laughs> I think we can grow it in here. That'd be great. Yeah. The the uh, at the Astrodome where they actually invented AstroTurf, they originally had grass because you could see through the roof. Right. Problem was, nobody could see any fly balls. So they had to paint the ceiling, the roof, and then all (laughs) the grass died. I I like how they thought, you know what? Let's just paint the ceiling. And nobody said, hold on here, pal. If we do that, won't the grass die? Nah. It's, it's Texas. Texas grass <laughs> is tough. It's not some libtard California grass. This is Texas grass. We'll be fine. Yeah, right, right. Indestructible. Oh, shit. It's all dead. Don't need sunshine nor water. Okay. So, yeah, other than the ignominy, ignominity, ignominy, ignominy of losing, yeah. losing to the Lions. I've heard it both ways because they just said it both ways. Um <laughs> It's not a it's not a terrible outcome. 
No, it's not. It's not. And and I think Justin Fields was in on the throwing of the game too. You think He's so? like, I'm going to play great, but I'm just going to just going to lob. I'm going to lob the worst interception they anybody's seen since Jay Cutler left. I'm just going to yeah. I'm going to hang this one up in the air and see what my old teammate Jeffrey Okuda can do. And apparently, he can return it for a touchdown. I did like the Fields immediately got revenge because on his 67-yard touchdown run, the guy chasing him was Okuda. Yeah. And it and Justin kind of did the thing where he's running and running and running. He looks over his shoulder. He's like, oh. And he veers to the left and takes off. And Okuda's <laughs> left, left in his dust. Left him winded. Yeah, that was not a great, great. Uh, that was, I don't want to overstate it. That was not perhaps the best pass of the game from Justin. No, it was terrible. It was second down. The, the screen had been blown up. All you do is you just throw that out of bounds. And then it's third down against the Lions. You're going to run it and get a first down. Yeah, but if yeah. you if you do that, you're in trouble. But still, most of the Bears' offense is is still just you know the the, the, the they they the Bears call the play in the huddle. The they line up, the play breaks down. Justin Fields improvises and makes something happen. And it's incredible to see, especially when he runs for these sixty plus yard touchdown runs. It's just incredible to watch this guy, isn't it? I mean, he is so fast and so strong. And he's just gliding. There's like it doesn't seem like he's putting any effort into it. He's just gone. No, he clearly he does not run at full speed unless he unless he has to. And he rarely has his, to because nobody his eighty percent is faster yeah. than everybody else. And you think, oh, he's running really hard, and then all of a sudden he turns the jets on. Yeah, he's got another gear for sure. He could just hit that thing and gone. He um he did tell the media today. They are uh, they are now resting him in practice because he's he's getting tired because he's I'm pretty sure much, he is pretty much the whole <laughs> off him and Cole Komet are pretty much the whole offense pretty much yeah yeah Cole uh, paced load, himself two touchdowns the first two year first two years and six weeks or whatever it was and now five right. touchdowns in the last three weeks he is on fire so uh, my uh, my internet friend J T O'Sullivan and of course if you're at if you ever go to J.T. O'Sullivan's, try the upside-down margaritas. Um, he was on the Hogan Johns podcast this week. And he did not have nice things to say about Cole Komet. He uh, called him, like, the world's the world's best eligible tackle eligible. That was what he referred to oh. Cole as. Oh, that's not nice. And was making fun of his softball swing when he scores touchdowns. So after he after J.T. left, they, Hogan Johns were talking to each other. It's like... He says a lot of smart stuff. I don't think he's got a, a handle on what Cole Komet can do, and he clearly does not know that Cole played uh, major college baseball in Notre Dame, and that's why. Yeah. It's not it's not harkening back to his slow-pitch softball days when he does the celebration. Right, right. They also pointed out that uh, the, the entire team is now doing the home run swing. When he scores, and they try, and they, you could, so you could see the other guys trying to time it so they could all do it. You know, they just watch him, and they were all trying to swing at the exact same time Cole did. <laughs> uh, now I don't, I don't blame JT for watching the last season and a half of games and thinking that the Bears just use Cole Komet as an extra tackle because that's kind of what they did until about is, a month ago. It is right, right. Uh, but I do think he's actually good. I think he's actually good too. And is there a reason why a certain segment of the, the the Bears sports media still is just loves to dump on Justin Fields? I I I I really don't get it. This guy is, and we've been talking about this since they drafted him. This guy is incredibly talented. He's fun to watch. He's incredibly. He can make things happen. He has to make things happen. He, it's amazing he's able to just stay alive with you know most you know more often than not he drops back to pass he's immediately under pressure but even when he's in the pocket he's 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 learning to make throws better he's he's clearly developing but there's still a segment of the um, media that I just uh, doesn't like him and, and I don't get it. Well, what like what segment is that? Is this the Dan Weirder David Haw segment? Because I guess that's well, I don't a know why anybody yeah. would care what either one of them think. Well, fair enough. Uh, John's pointed out though that on Twitter right now, if you, if he, and I saw the tweet, I knew what he was talking about. 
where he basically talked about how this was a nice play, but Justin should have done this, and Twitter went nuts at him. <laughs> Bear fan Twitter is like, no, 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 no. You cannot criticize Justin at all anymore. It's like, okay. Good. All right. Well, you know it's what? Like he's, he's, he's good, but he's not a fully formed quarterback yet. And if you ask Justin, he would. You would say that. that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Right. But you know what? That's good, though, just to see at least the fact because he's getting unfair criticism. So maybe the fans are being just when they un- when they jump on, you know, a fair point that Johns is making, but still saying, like, look, let's leave our guy. He's already getting criticized for reasons that um yeah, i don't i don't see a lot of that so apparently i've already tuned out the mor- the morons that because there's a there are a lot of guys who cover the bears there are a lot of bad ones um we really miss hub we could, you know maybe uh, uh maybe arthur could tweet out hub's observations now that hub is is home and watching bears games um that's one guy that i'm sure we would have all kinds of probably he went to ohio state he sucks like okay thanks that's great analysis hub that's great now, nationally, um, Mike Lombardi, my oh my former oh, yeah. colleague at the Athletic, just a sage football mind, uh, he says uh, Justin Fields is just a running back, just a running back, <laughs> running back. Okay, it's like all right. And as I think it was Hogue pointed out, there's a lot of old white man uh, football analysis that still goes it's on. Still and yeah. they they want everybody to play quarterback like Tom Brady. And if you don't, you're doing it wrong. Right, right. Um, or on ESPN, I think it was this morning, I saw the tweet. Somebody tweeted out the whole segment. I'll attach it to the blog post for this. Um, they did like an eight-minute thing on why rushing attacks are thriving in the NFL. And they had some stats that I didn't even realize. Uh, the average per carry rush in the NFL this year is four and a half yards yeah that's the wow. highest it's been since the 1930s oh, oh. scoring is at its lowest point in like 50 years mm-hmm. that's ironic because the bears all of a sudden are bringing it up not going the other way and passing passing per completion is the lowest it's been since like the 50s mm-hmm. and they gave the i watched the segment and they gave the kind of analysis that i thought we actually talked about it as why when the Bears started running the ball really well, why that can happen right now, and it's because it's kind of the counter to when everybody started to go to the spread and four and five wide receivers and tight ends that were mostly wide receivers and not really defenses got lighter. Yeah, you know you don't have Ted Washington anymore. No, nobody right. has tackles like that. And linebackers are guys who have to be able to cover people they're not you, you don't have um yeah true it's almost roquan actually is kind of a, like a throwback he may end up becoming more valuable because he he can be a run-stopping linebacker and then you've got three of your best quarterbacks in the nfl right now uh, lamar jackson jalen hurts and justin fields are really good running quarterbacks guys who can mm-hmm. guys who can all go for 100 yards in a in a game and then even guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes can run you don't have a lot of the big sedentary you know Matt Stafford Tom Brady stand back there and um, Peyton Manning yeah and so this is kind of the it, it it's the inevitable counter they talk about how everything's cyclical in football and well it you know when you run happy league and one team like the you know the greatest show on turf figures out, look, every team's full of fat guys. We're just going to spread yeah. them out and run around. And then at some point, everybody catches up to that. And then there's another thing. And so this, the, the rise of the, um, the rise of the spread offense, especially in high school and college, where college teams who want to recruit big defensive linemen are having a hard time finding them. Right. Um, so that was really interesting. And it was, it was amazing to, to see a segment like that and realize that the bears are like on the right side of the curve. They're actually ahead of the curve like, with the running quarter. No, this is, that's not, that's not what yeah. we do. If we could think, and ironically, we could think Ryan pace for that of all people. Well, we certainly can't thank Matt Nagy for it because, um, no. you know, what, what was the thing that turned the bears offense around this year? It was, when they had their extra time off. Getsy basically looked at the offense and said, all right, this shit, the, we got we got two sides of this play sheet. This side doesn't work. 
we're going to use this side where we had Nagy who famously said you know when the Bears could not throw the ball on his offense I didn't, they, I didn't come here to run the I formation right it's like no you came here to coach a football team score points and win games and if you have to run the I you run it right I mean you're, ter- you're obviously admitting you're a bad coach if it's like okay I I can't. I don't want to, and I can't coach the way the way this team needs to run its offense to score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a hundred. That's one hundred eighty sure. degrees from what we've. It is. Doing. I'm not sure why it took till the bye week to figure that out, but I because guess I don't think you. I don't think it's as easy as. Okay, we're just only going to run. I think they actually did need extra time because they changed. They didn't just run. Um. It wasn't just they're gonna we're gonna roll Justin out more. They had started to do that. They even did that in the Washington game before the bye. He was he was on the move more, but the actual sure. like schemed up runs. I think you probably did need extra time to. The other thing is your offensive line was constantly in flux. Guys were getting hurt. You were changing positions. You were doing other stuff. But the the line that finished training camp was not the line that played week two. And then, sure, sure. And so I don't think it's like, oh, we're just going to run this, and then maybe the offensive line will know how to block it. And if they don't, our our one good offensive player will be murdered. So I think that's right. probably why it took a little extra time to put it in. Yeah, certainly. But, you know, there's also an element of Justin Fields, because of his ability and his ability to, to improvise and scramble and get out of trouble, is making is making the, the, the offensive coordinator look better, too. Well, I yeah, mean, when you're – yes, if you're an offensive coordinator and you scheme plays and the – players can run them you will look well, better than if, well, you, if you have to limitedly scheme plays because your players can't run them yeah I'm, I talking, about when, when the, I'm, I'm talking about when the offensive coordinator's plays break down inevitably and the but the quarterback is so good he can still make it something happen anyway yeah i i think you're overstating in the last couple of weeks how how many of the big plays have come from justin just putting on the cape and running and running around a lot of that stuff is designed or it's designed you have one read and then we've cleared out this side of the field for you if it's not there go Um, he's good he's not he didn't go from hey wow 80 yards that's awesome to 179 just because he's you know he's just i'm just gonna break every tackle it's like well that's 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 not how this works they have they have tailored their offense better to what his skills are but if they're going to win consistently, he's going to have to get better at the things he's not good at. Because th- he can't play like this forever. This can't be – you can't have a run-first quarterback unless you want to have a run-first quarterback that isn't a cast on the sidelines. You know, he's this is a great weapon to have, and there will be times when it will be, holy shit, we can just he can just make this happen. But he's had 28 called runs the last two weeks, and that's too many. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. See, I, I well, that's fine. We can disagree on that. I, I think I think this is a, I think it's Justin Fields' ability that's really making this offense look a lot better than it should. I still don't know that they're utilizing him to his full. They're not. I don't think they're maximizing his talents. I, I, I'm not. I'm not seeing that. And look, we know that this team has a lot of problems. They got, they got offensive line problems. They, you know, we we've discussed this ad nauseum about the amount of problems they have. So we'll see. Let's hope Justin can keep developing. Let's hope that they get some, you know, they certainly are positioning themselves to really improve this team in the off season and through the draft. So let's see what they do. Yeah, well, let's I, just hope they're, let's just hope they're as, as astute as, as Jed Hoyer and making yeah. the big trades to, uh, you know, that's all we can hope for. Well, I mean, Poles has already shown signs that, you know, the the Roquan trade, I think, was inevitable. I mean, you weren't going to be able to – he, right. he wasn't going to sign a contract that you could live with. Clearly, yeah. Um, going out and getting Claypool then immediately was the first kind of big sign of, we know we have our quarterback. Yes, I totally Here agree. Here are players we need to get around our quarterback. Totally agree. And that, that to me, is probably one of my favorite – maybe his favorite my favorite acquisition of his is get, going out and saying we're going to get clay we need receiver help the free agents available next year not all that great you know the draft is a draft but you don't know what you're going to get 
that was a really savvy, savvy, impressive move. Yeah, the, and that's the, good to see. The biggest problem with the draft is that um, you can't pull a red hour back and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. a year before he's eligible for the draft. You can't do right. the Larry that, Bird. That would be nice. Stow yeah. him. Um, because that, I mean, I mean, we've seen Ohio State skilled players had not it not translate directly, but there we've also seen you know the the really good ones. It does, and he's you know, he's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not sure they've had, even Ohio State has had a Marvin Harrison Jr. That but he's not. He's not. Uh, you cannot draft him next year. No, you cannot. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So yeah, and it, clearly the part of the Claypool, the, the calculus around that was... He's a better player than any of the free agent wide receivers. Right. So we can't just sit and wait. We're not going to get one. Um, it did seem funny that um, he played... He was less a part of the offense in week two of his Bear career than he was in week one of his Bears career. That's very Bears tradition, though, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they did. They, I think the only catch he had was the jet sweep, right? That was it wasn't even really a pass. The little right, the thing I want him to keep doing to pad Justin's stats because every other right. team like, in the league Rogers. does it. He he should get credit for that. Right, right. Um, but we'll see as they if they take on the mighty Falcons. Hopefully, they can get Chase a little more part of the offense. Um, they did try to make Byron Pringle a big part of the offense. He uh, that's he's, the struggling. Well, it's not though. I mean, he really he should have been their slot receiver, and he he, he was in camp, and then he was hurt. Um. Because this, the the Packer version of this offense, that the, a lot of plays are there for that slot guy to make. So the fact that he was finally ambulatory, I guess, was a good sign. He was actually open on the. Um, he was the one guy that got open on the sack that ended the day for Justin, where he broke a tackle, got away. Look, like he was going to throw, got sacked. He basically got sacked twice on the same play. But, yeah. Um. But yeah, they. It, it it's really tough on this team right now because the defense is so terrible. You know they mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't great to begin with, and then you take uh, they really are missing big play Bob and his six tackles in one sack. Uh, and then, but thank thankfully Jack Sanborn has already completely replaced Roquan. Right, the Jack. Don't have to worry about that anymore because we got our. Yeah. We got a great white hope playing middle linebacker. Uh, although, actually, I mean, I much as I like to make fun of him, he actually did play pretty well. And sure, he did. He's he's not replacing Roquan. He's actually Nick Nicholas Morrow has moved into the Roquan spot, and mm-hmm. Sanborn is playing middle linebacker. And the defense is geared towards for those two guys to make most of the tackles. So he should put up pretty big numbers. The um, one sack was only barely a sack. Um, Goff had taken off and hadn't got to the line of scrimmage when he tackled him. The other one was a sack. And then he made um, he made a really nice play on the interception that should have won the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, apparently if you shove a receiver in the chest and he falls down and can't get up, that you've, it's hands in the face. That's hands in the face, right. Yeah. Exactly. Most people have their face in their chest. Yeah, I thought by far the two it was it was a game full of lousy calls. And and when you see at one point if the Lions only have one penalty and you're already almost to the fourth quarter, you you've not done it right because they're the Lions. They've you've missed a lot of penalties. Well, this came up in the in the Monday night game too. We saw that face mask at the end of the game. They have th- this and you've advocated for this. This is ridiculous. There is no reason that plays like this should not be reviewed. It's that's just the, stupid. It's that's just the Bill Belichick. Just 
You should be able to review anything. Absolutely. He's like, There's n- no reason why you shouldn't. It's like you don't need to add challenges. You don't need to do anything. What you simply need to do is... And right. then they have the uh, the so-called this eye expedi- in the sky. Yeah, the, this expedited review process. Yeah, where they'll just... And it happened early in the game against the Lions, where the looks like the tight end made a diving catch, and they realized that it hit the ground, and Eberflus was about to throw the challenge flag, and they basically said, don't worry about it, and we're taking care of it. Yeah, it's like you, and then you don't he did. Have to, did you see him you, throw it? Then he's kind of standing there. He looked around. He just like threw it like a foot. Like, <laughs> dun, dun. well, he threw, he threw it into the wind. The wind was gusting. Yeah, um, yeah it's like you. So you don't need, you don't even have to burn a challenge for that anymore. So there's no. I mean, there's absolutely no reason. Well, that's kind of the college football thing, right? Where the in college football, the the replay official can choose to replay anything. Well, the college thing is like suppose supposedly every play is reviewed, which means no plays are reviewed. You know, well, they'll because... stop it though. They buzz refs, and they'll as everybody's trying to get up to the line, they'll do it. The, the, my that. problem with the college one is not that; it's the fact that they can't figure out the targeting rule. They don't. The penalties no, are too no severe, and they can't decide. You know, when when to enforce. It's like just throw that rule out. It's a terrible rule. It's. You, well, there, and you, it, have, and it, you you can throw a player out for almost anything. You don't need the targeting rule. So if you see a guy who you know has like tried to spear another player in the back, you can just throw him out. But if yeah. you're going to have every time that a guy a helmet hits a player and you're going to look at it for 10 minutes and try to decide whether to throw the player out, it seems a little ridiculous. Well, it's also very it's a yeah, it's a really severe penalty too. The the, the punishment, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah. But I think we're all for player. We're clearly are all for player safety. But yeah, that that needs some looking at. But you know, was, and it, there was a bowl game. Notre Dame. I think it was Notre Dame was playing the Orange Bowl, and Stefan Tuitt, who was their best defensive player that year, he got thrown out on the first play of the game <laughs> for targeting, and it wasn't targeting. It was just. It's just like what the hell? Now you have to play the entire. I was the. It that was a Fiesta Bowl. I think that was the game that Jalen Smith uh, blew out his knee. So fun mm. day for the Irish all around. The, yeah, one their one their second best defensive player was tossed in the first play, and their best defensive player's knee snapped in the wrong direction in like the first quarter. So, another reason why, if you're not, if you're if you're going to the draft and your team's not in the playoffs, you don't play in that bowl game. There is no reason for you to play in that game. Well, we see that more and more, right? Every year, guys are like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that." <laughs> it's an exhibition game. Yeah. I'm not gonna get. I'm not. That's all it is. I'm not gonna ruin my future livelihood for the Belk Bowl. Yep. Um. So the the Jalen one was ridiculous, and then it was the same drive early in the drive. Um. Kyler Gordon blitzed. Somehow the super athletic Jared Goff eluded him, (laughs) took off for the (laughs) sidelines. He got close yep. to the sidelines. Morrow shoved him out. He was still in bounds. Shoved him out of bounds. And Gordon punched at the ball like they do. Right. And he went flailing into the bench like he had been, you know, he'd been shot from the upper deck. And <laughs> like Lee Harvey Oswald was in the stands. And 15 yards and an automatic first down. It's just like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he not, he there, did not get hit out of bounds at all. No, he didn't. No, and I feel like there's always an old school notion, you, you know, of well, the officials didn't cost you the game. Well, yes, they did. Yes, they can. They absolutely, they can. They absolutely can. can cost you again. We've seen that a billion times in in college, in the NFL, wherever officials can absolutely cost you a game. And the fact that officials' calls aren't reviewable is just. Uh, it's really illogical. Right. Yeah, the easiest way to... Um, although, it, if they're really bad, you run out of challenges. Right. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Oh, I, already, I already challenged those. You, you fucked those two up, and now I'm out of flags, <laughs> and you're fucking more up. Thanks. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, I was very reminiscent of the, of the Steelers game from last year. Yeah. With just the weird... You know, and only being enforced one, only only going one way. Like sometimes you, the refs have such a lousy game. Both teams are like, oh, for God's sakes. But this one, right. you know, I don't think the Lions were doing a lot of complaining. Right. Well, let me ask you this: now that sports betting is prolific, 
you know, there there might that might be an argument that you need a little bit more scrutiny, right? It's pretty easy to you know not to to bet one way or the other. Not accusing any officials of doing that, but but you're, you're kind of naive if you don't say, you know what, we really need to maybe clamp down on this. Now, that sports betting is so ubiquitous in this game. Or, well, and, and ironically, and in I think the sports. I think the the pressure from that will come from you know the NFL is partners with all these. With, right with DraftKings and FanDuel and all of that, they want you know they are relying on you to officiate the games the right way. Yeah, yeah, and it's not you guys are literal business partners now. Mm-hmm. So, and the NFL chose to do that. Remember forever they were like, "Oh, we'll never do that." Oh, you know, and then the all right, uh, and all of a sudden the only the only people that had any money uh, to advertise were. Um, still beer companies and online gambling and and they went oh yeah you know what this is fine yeah we'll take you take your money yeah right well and that's it might like you know as obviously it's been a very big story lately ftx every umpire had an ftx patch on on his shirt (laughs) and uh well gee that maybe turned out not to be the best decision in hindsight to have ftx sponsoring things yeah I mean, the best thing about the demise of crypto has been no more Matt Damon walking across the earth commercials for crypto.com. And, um, what did you see? There's like a class action lawsuit against like a lot of those celebrities, including I think Brady, I think Larry David, too, but guys who did that, who did those commercials. Mm-hmm. Now there's a class action lawsuit. So, yeah, that wasn't. Uh, the whole crypto thing is it's like the pets.com of 2022 yeah. you know it's like what yeah my uh my nephew had just gotten his mba from butler and we were at like a mother's or father's day party or something and he was going on and on about how oh you know crypto yeah you, know, you can't trust the one you can trust is ethereum that's the one because it's based on this he's going on and on and i'm just over there i'm like all right i said ryan go ahead put all your money in that yeah and then um, when you're destitute, yeah, let me know. Six yeah. months, you know, come by. <laughs> tell tell me how much fun you had. Right. And uh, you know, the, the whole theory is well, you know the the U.S. dollar isn't really guaranteed by gold anymore because they just print they just print more money. But this, you know, there's a guy who's running like he's got, <laughs> there's like, a guy. He's got like seventy computers running in a warehouse in Arizona, and he's oh, mining yeah. for crypto. Oh, good. So this is this is completely legit. This is totally solid. This is terra firma right here. It's, well, let me read my uh, my ad from uh, from FTX. Live <laughs> read. Oh wait, that's it's been canceled. <laughs> oh shit! Damn it! Yeah, there goes that. I never Damn get. It. I'd have changed my tune if they did. If you I got did. some well, of that let's... sweet crypto advertising money. See, you blew it. You blew it. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't. We uh, we certainly hate to talk about anything serious on these podcasts that is not the that's the opposite of what we're trying to do but it should be recognized that with all this proliferation of gambling in all the major sports that's uh you know that is a um an environment that can be very easy for corruption and and i think i saw it on twitter the other day where pete rose asked for forgiveness did you see this from manfred sent a letter or something like that isn't he just isn't that just like he just he has like an auto email set up that once a year he just, he's pleased he, just copy him, he copy and pasted it but it is ironic that you know this has gam for ban ban for gambling and we have a whole gambling sponsor so yeah it's it's, it's, it's kind of the worst part i mean umpiring refereeing is a completely thankless job no question. Um, and it's never been harder to do it, given that we can, you know, we never watch a baseball game anymore where there's not a strike zone, right. you know, on display Absolutely. for us at all times. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, with 4K high def cameras everywhere yep. at every conceivable angle and Crane Kenny's beloved dirt cam right there to catch, you know, if a guy pops off a second base for a quarter of an inch. Right. Right. Um, but all it really reveals is that, you know, we knew, like, 
we knew Bruce Fremming sucked, and we didn't need to see the, you know, we didn't need the thin little strike zone, and we didn't need 18 replays. We just knew he sucked. Right. And uh, Joe West sucked long before uh, you, okay. we had proof. All this has done is it's provided us with the proof that they that they suck. Um, mm-hmm. But there ought to be ways, technology that's, that is exposing how many calls they miss should then be able to be used to correct that. And, and technology clearly can. It's just a matter of will at this point. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're clearly going to have to, to redo the way replays operate or challenges operate. Yeah. Um, right. But no matter what they do, um, no one will ever top John Fox challenging <laughs> and play at the goal line and losing the ball. That's still the greatest of all time. That's the <laughs> that's the gold standard of that is the gold standard. Yeah, that's the the Citizen Kane of uh, of, of replay challenges. So Greenberg and I talked about the why the Colts didn't hire John Fox to be their interim head coach, considering he already works for them. And I was of the opinion that I didn't think he was there. I thought he was like coaching from the beach in like Florida, like he was just just a glorified consultant. But uh, John Clay, no, get- he's. He's there. He's on. He's on the sidelines. And we've decided that it probably was just the the Benny Cunningham challenge. Jim Irsay couldn't get past that, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna call was, an old offensive lineman off the couch, and he can come coach my team instead of the guy who coached the team to a Super Bowl, who's on my sidelines, can guide us for the last eight weeks." That challenge was so bad. He had to go. He had to go with the Jeff Saturday, who's who's undefeated. He's like, "This shit's easy. All you do is you change." You change your quarterback back. You get the leading rusher in the NFL to finally be healthy enough to play. This stuff's easy. And then you just go play the Raiders. Tech off the head's principle. You got your H, you got your I, and then you got I is Indianapolis. And uh, T, T stands for, uh, you know, the Colts. The Colts. S is for Saturday. S is for Saturday. That's me. Higher interim. The Colts Saturday. That's what hits stands There you for. go. That's a hits principle. If you're Jim Ursay and you're hopped up on pills all the time and you look at, you know, there's, I'm sure there's still hits posters all over that place. They didn't take oh, there must be. Yeah, right. Left. Cost money to take those things down. Yeah. And he's just sitting there and he's staring at it. And he's like, get me Jeff Saturday on the phone. <laughs> so apparently he called Saturday during the game and was like, was like what are we going to do? We got to fix this. Saturday thinks he's just having a chat with his old buddy. And at the end of the conversation, he's like, "All right, you want to coach?" He's like, "Well, you got to coach. I'll fire him." <laughs> he called. Like, he called. He called Saturday on a Sunday. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I called Saturday on a Sunday. And then uh, if if Saturday had said he wouldn't do it, Jim was just going to keep Frank Reich. That sounds like a really healthy organization. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I will, "You can stay." Yeah. Yeah, because I. John and I talked about whether or not the Fluce, if the Fluce was still the defensive coordinator, if he'd have been the, he'd been the new head coach. Right, the Fluce Arena. And I decided that he wouldn't have because I, I, I think Jeff Saturday is really there. I think he's already overperformed what he's supposed to do. I think he's supposed to get them the number one draft pick so they can get a quarterback. Mm, mm, okay, sure. I think it's like, sure. oh, we'll, we'll get this guy in and then we'll lose all the rest of our games and then we'll, uh, right. I'll, I'll get, cut him a nice big check and pat him on the back, give him a thank you. Yeah. And then we'll have, we'll get Bryce Young, and then we'll be right back on the, you know. Because I feel like the Colts figured that out when Peyton had his weird neck thing. Yeah. And they lost everything, and they're like, ooh, we could draft Andrew Luck. And they're kind of like, all right, so that's what you do. When you, you know, you're, when your star mm-hmm. quarterback leaves, mm-hmm. you eventually you come to a point where it's like, all right, just lose all the games and go get one. Right. Not, not a terrible strategy, except... No, it's uh, not. The problem I think that the Colts might have is that I think they're kind of good. They're not, like, mm-hmm. really good, but I think they're just good enough that they're going to win, like, eight games. Like, just good enough is the worst thing to be in professional right. sports, and that's what, isn't it? That's what the Bears are actively fighting against right now. Right. And successfully. Right. They've lost five out of six. They're doing a good job. Yes. They're doing fantastic. <laughs> but... Say they had won three of those games, which they could have. Easily. What is it? You're in no better position 
No, you just well, look, have more wins. You're in a worse position. Look, Theo Epstein taught us this as Cubs fans. There's no point in winning 83 games and missing the playoffs. Yeah. Well, You're far yeah. better off winning 68. Yeah. Now, have, the Cubs are about to embark on, I think, a half decade of winning 83 games and missing the playoffs. Well, yeah, fair enough, but yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's no there's no point in being middle of the road in any professional sport. Because you don't get to go to no, the playoffs, and, and you don't get a high draft pick. So yeah. there's no. It's either you want, you want to be, you know, one of the best or one of the worst. Yeah, and until some league figures out a way to not reward incompetence, right? Then smart teams just do the just, you know, they just embrace the uh, strategy of the incompetent. Embrace the suck, as Joe Madden might have said. Yeah. Um. I do think, though, the Bears are going to have to win a couple of games before the end of the year for their own mental well-being. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think they will too. By the way, you look at that schedule. There's there are there are winnable games on there. Well, there's certainly. one Sunday. Well, yeah, against the against the Falcons. It's That's not the only. Game. They got like, a I was they just hoping they would just. I was. I thought, all right, beat the Lions twice and beat the Packers. You lose yeah. the rest of them. Like everybody else, feel good about the season. The players won't feel like, oh my god, we're the worst team in the league. Right. Um, they can still beat the Packers again. I mean, I mean not again, but when they play them again, they can beat the Packers. They can certainly beat the Lions. Oh, I mean, look how look at what they had to do to lose to the Lions. Yeah, I mean, that it was, was her, it was Herculean. It was. It was. You know, there are like eight different eight things the Bears screwed up, and if they only screw up seven, they win. Truly. So yeah, it's tough to. That's that's why my headline with the Lions make you earn it. They, they certainly do. Did. If you want to lose <laughs> to them, you really have to work at it because they are not. They are very much equipped uh, to lose to you. You know, when you look across the sideline and you see a Dan Campbell, you know you have got to bring your F game to lose this thing. Yeah. And the Bears brought their F game. The Lions have two first-round picks next year. They have their own, and they have the Rams. Yeah, but and that Rams really pick might be. We're never going to do anything. But that Rams it, pick might end up being a pretty nice pick for them. They're going to pick a quarterback. Like they are, they are farther behind than they should be, simply because they let they let almost every, all those guys go, except for Burrow. They had the second mm-hmm. pick, I think, right, right after they took Penny Sewell. They let all the other guys go. And they're like, oh, no, we're going to do that later. And then last year was nobody wanted to take quarterback. Right. Now you're like, you look at two years down to your rebuild, and you're like, well, shit, we still don't have the quarterback. Right. But. Now, are they going to look for a quarterback who will only take his signing bonus in crypto? Because didn't Trevor Lawrence do that? Didn't he take his signing bonus in crypto for his contract? I remember he tried to. And then Brady, remember when the guy – the fan got his 600 touchdown pass, whatever it was last year. Yeah. <laughs> and he had negotiating, and uh, Tom gave him a crypto amongst all the other stuff, which is Great. now uh, the guy probably somehow owes money now that he has it. <laughs> what do you mean? I, it was worth $300,000. We get to what's it worth now? I owe you $75,000? I, I owe seventy five. What? <laughs> You're lucky. It could have been a lot more. Just take the 75000 loss. Yeah. Well, you could see Ricketts doing that, right? You know, that'll be, hey, uh, Carlos Correa, how about if we pay you in crypto? Oh, I'm sure that's what they're going to try to do to Kodai. Right. We'll trick the Japanese guy into taking crypto. It's going to be great. No, that's not what the Cubs would do. The Cubs would do the opposite. The Cubs Cubs will get scammed by some crypto guy. They're not going to do the scam. Like Todd will bring him the, hey, here's what we should do, fellas. (laughs) I... I... (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I've had a little bit. It's a mild stroke there for a second. I was trying to think of what the hell it was. What, what, you, had a, you had a TIA there, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. This is a little bit of one. I'll drink some more beer. I'll be fine. All right. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, one of the issues the Bears are going to have next year is they'll have a they will have a full well now they'll, they'll have more draft picks than they had last year. They're going to have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, they have a lot of holes <laughs> on that <laughs> roster. They really do. And they're really and and they knew it when they took the team over. The biggest problem that they had with the team they inherited from Ryan Pace was um, just how few draft picks, Bears draft picks, are on this team. Yeah. And it's a combination of him drafting poorly and trading, trading away. away draft picks to pick guys who didn't work out. Right. I mean that that sets you back quite a bit. Um. And you can only you know you can only spend your way out of so much of it. And you can only accumulate so many. Um, you, I mean, uh, polls proved last year. If you want to, you want to get a lot of sixth and seventh round draft picks. You could do it. Teams will, mm-hmm. teams will give you that, those picks. Um, but he's, you know, what he's looking for is as many day two and as many day two picks as he can get extra second rounders is what you're really trying to get extra ones, not seventh rounders. Um. <clears throat> But at the same time, you're in a division where it's, I'm sure there's blasphemy up in Cheeseland, but you you have the best quarterback in the division now. The Bears do. The Bears do. Right. Um, there's no question. The Vikings have a good team. They will forever be saddled by the fact that Kirk Cousins is quarterbacking it. Yeah, they'll be that set. Will, the f- that will bite them. First, their first playoff game, they'll be reminded that Kirk Cousins is their quarterback and wonder why their season's over. Right. And the Lions are the Lions, and um, and the Packers are. They all the all the Cowboy win did was it was like throwing a bucket of water into the dumpster fire, and it's yeah. it's it's not flashing quite as bad, but it's still burning. Oh yeah. Um. So it does give you. Uh, you know, this is a it's a multi-year rebuild that they've embarked on, but they should show pretty good. You should make pretty good process in your or progress in your first full year. Next year, the team should be much better next year than it is this year. And sure. in division yeah. where you could take advantage of it, you don't have to be. You're not going up. You're not. You're not playing the Chiefs or the Bills every week in your own division. So that'll help. Um. But you know you're you need three offensive linemen and you need two wide receivers and you need an entire linebacking core and you probably need two defensive linemen and then you need to build some depth behind all that. Yeah, that's you a need pretty, a lot. That's a long, that's a long shopping spree. It is. And the problem is, you know, the the Bears have this issue that the Cubs don't. You don't have quality depth like David Bodie and Fran Mill Reyes and Zach McKinstry <laughs> right who uh, they my, my favorite part of the uh, when you go when you go on the Twitters and um, you see like the the Bleacher Nation guys you know and they're the roster crunch they're still still really oh you know the Cubs made these moves but they still it's still a, that 40 man that's such a roster crunch <laughs> And then you see that they literally waived nine guys over two days, and not a single one of them got claimed by any other team. No, not not seven of them, not eight of them, none of them. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so hoping, just somebody take Bodie, please. I, I will pay. So good, I will pay part of. I will take some of the uh, some of the money that I get from being a best-selling Substack uh, newsletter right. operator. I will help yeah. defray part of David Bodie's contract if I never have to see him play for the Cubs again. You know, in all seriousness, when you kind of look at, you know, it's maybe one of Theo's biggest mistakes, the Bodie contract might be right at the top. <laughs> it, it, it's close. Not that it has a huge impact on anything, no, but it's, you're, you're, it's, it's but not still. a lot. It's, 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 it kind of felt like, you know, they were trying to get, they were trying to work out contract extensions with the good players. Right, and they it's couldn't. Like they, they couldn't, couldn't get traction, and it was almost like Theo's like, "I got to sign somebody. Fucking get Bodie yeah. in here." All right, that's that's my take. All right, how'd you like a how'd you like a thirty year contract? Uh, where I'll give you I'll give you a, uh, I don't know. How about this? I'll offer you a twenty five million dollar contract. I give you a dollar a year for twenty five million years. Right, I'll take it. All right, good. See, we got somebody <laughs> signed. 
See, we could set we could sign our players to long term deals. It is funny that the dumbest player on the team has one of the best. Like he, that contract for him is great. Oh, it's guaranteed. Like phenomenal. It's like it's only like three and a half million dollars a year, but it's for like seven years. He should be a sports agent. He should just be an agent. Like fuck this. Yeah. I mean, what a sales fish. Like, look, <laughs> look what I got. Now imagine what I could do for you. You're good. I sucked. Maybe he could be Roquan's agent. Oh, see, there you go. Roquan, call like him that. up. All right, Dave. I want, I want you to help me out. Yeah. Uh, Roquan was on Good Morning Football this morning, and they asked uh, Kyle Brandt asked him the question I wanted to ask him: Why are you number eighteen? Because that's what number he's got with the Ravens now. Big Peyton Manning fan, is that the reason? Or? And he gave the answer that you would expect. He's like, well, when you get traded to a team in midseason, there really aren't any good numbers left. <laughs> so I just took it. He says, but okay. I was also drafted in 2018, so I thought maybe that meant something. So it sounds like if you're a big Roquan fan with the Ravens, don't buy don't buy the jersey this year. Because yeah. you may very well have to buy a different one next year with a, when he gets a number that he actually wants. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's assuming. Actually, I wouldn't buy one if I'm a big Roquan fan because I don't know where he's going to play next year. So right. I don't think I'd want to invest in it. But I love that that was the answer. I think I it was available. Yeah, there you go. I had thought that uh, I had two theories. One was uh, he was a big Elvis Gerbach fan. Well, I mean, who isn't, by the way? And then uh, remember remember Brashad and Perryman? The Bears had him for like three weeks last year, and he was on the practice squad. Yeah. He never played. The The Bucks took him off the practice squad, and he's – Scored a game-winning walk-off touchdown in his first first game. He was number he was number eight. He was, he number, was number eighteen for the Bears. Although he never he got to win. wear it in a game. And I thought <laughs> that Roquan was like, oh, I love that dude. I'm gonna wear that. I'm gonna wear that in his honor. Perryman. Uh, speaking of Good Morning Football, Peter Schrager um, had Ryan Poles on his podcast. He listened to it today. It was good. Yeah, Poles is an impressive guy. You can tell that he has actual plan. Um, but <laughs> you can also tell that you know he played. He came to training camp. With the Bears, mm-hmm. right? As a player, you could tell he wasn't there very long because uh, Peter asked him. He's like, um, "Who, who was the quarterback?" <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, it was." Uh, no, he didn't say it. He goes, "Who was the quarterback? Was it Jay?" And he's like, "Yeah," and he was splitting splitting snaps with Rex Grossman. Ooh. And I'm like, "Well, no, I know that never happened. Those two did not. Right. They, they did not cross paths. It was uh, maybe he thinks." Did you really say that? He did. did you really say that? He did. Okay. It was it was That's... Kyle Orton and Rex Grossman. Right. Not not Jay Cutler and Rex Grossman. Hmm. I was like, "That's what happens when I, I wonder if he was ever even at." Like I don't know how far he made it. He may not have made it out of rookie minicamp. In which case, he didn't see any of them. Like yeah. it didn't matter who the quarterback was. He was as likely to see Sid Luckman as he was to see <laughs> Jay or Rex. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of laughed because I'm like, I know that's not right. Unless there's a weird uh, alternative, alternate universe where the Bears kept Rex when they got Jay. But no, it was that would have been Kyle Orton that he saw. Well, speaking of um, speaking of former Bears, the the Falcons. This <clears throat> you're talking about a revenge game. <laughs> I just don't know which side is getting revenge on which side. So the Falcons employ both Phil Emery and Ryan Pace. Right. Last I looked, they still had um, Demir Bird and Cordero Patterson is back. He was on the injured list for a while, but he's back. Yeah. Um, I don't think Kairos Tonga is still there, but they had a whole long... It's like every... I'm pretty sure Jermaine Fetty is there. Is he really okay? I didn't it's even like any that. any crappy player that Pace uh, signed as soon as the Bears cut him, he's like, "Oh, let's get, oh, get this guy. Oh, you're gonna love this guy. <laughs> you're gonna love this guy." Let's take a quick mm-hmm. let's take a quick look here and see how many former Bears are still hanging around with the uh, Falcons. Uh, there's Demir Bird. So there's one. Uh, oh no! Looks like a bunch of them must have got cut. They had a whole crap load. Jermaine Fetty. So I got to hope he plays. Nick Kwiatkowski. 
former bear by way of the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota might as well be a former Bear because uh, Pace tried to sign him twice. Right. And Marcus was smart enough not to come. Corderell. Let's see, what do we got on the injured list? I'm sure we got some guys. Elijah Wilkinson. Damian mm-hmm. Williams. And then uh, they signed Eddie Goldman. And he retired. <laughs> That's a lot of guys. Oh, I didn't look at the practice squad. There might be some more stash there. That yeah, doesn't look like it. But anyway, um, so all those great old bears with a shot to uh, prove to their old team that they made a horrible mistake. Can't can't wait to see it. So it's uh, the game is in Atlanta. Yes. Do you remember the last time the Bears played in Atlanta? Mitch Trubisky does. Okay. Um, Mitch had 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 the wild comeback against the Lions. He's feeling good about himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got down by like seventeen points in the first half. Oh, it's Nick Foles' time. That was basically <laughs> the end of Mitch. In Chicago it was like week three of that season. He was benched. Hi, Michael. This is C- Hey. And I believe the last I looked, the Bears were favored. All right. I like that. I like that. I, I just received an email from uh, Gallagher Way. Have you gotten your uh, your early bird tickets for Gallagher Way, Andy? Oh, for the Chris Kindle market? With, yes, you can get... Uh, they, <laughs> you, they have something called the Peppermint Pack, which is Wrigley Field admission plus 10 attraction tickets for the low, low price of $30. Yeah, so you get to, like, uh, go, you, get to, you get to sled down the batter's eye. Yeah. Break, break your neck. All kinds of fun stuff. Um, I did actually think that I might want to go down there and check that out. No, I was wrong. Falcons are favored. Makes more okay. sense. Oh, they are. Okay. Falcons by three and a half. So if you were already, if you were excited that Bears were favored, you need to bet. You need to. You need to just bet it all on. Them. You got a good feeling about it. bet it all on the Bears. They're gonna. They're gonna lose the Falcons. Take all your crypto and put it on the Bears. Yeah, and a weird things are happening to the the totals. Um, you know, the Bears always hung out in like the 39 and a half range, 38 points total. Yeah, yeah. They are, I believe, there's one, two. I think they might have the third highest over under on the board this week. They do. 49. Wow. Wow. It's a big over under. There's a couple okay. of games in the 50s. There's, um, Chiefs Chargers, 50 and a half. Just a yeah. point and a half more than Bears Falcons. And yeah. then uh, Buffalo and Detroit. <laughs> I think they pretty much figure Buffalo is going to be most of that score. 51 and a half. But then Bears Falcons, 49 points. Wow. A lot of the high, okay. The high flying, high scoring Bears who have averaged, what, since the Commanders game, they're averaging over 30 points a game. Mm hmm. Got to go with the Bears on that, don't you? Bears to cover the three and a half. Yeah. No, I think we both had we both had the Bears over the Lions, and that that did not work. No. Yeah, I don't know that I've got a Bear game right yet this year. Yeah. Yeah, I got to go Bears. Yeah, Vegas is expecting them to cover. Because it's minus one fifteen to take the Bears, minus one hundred five for the Falcons. Okay. Um, and Vegas though is they uh, you get good. Oh no, that's the money line. They feel good about the over. Well, they pretty much always do the over under, even odds on both sides. It's very rare that it's not. Um, 
Bears are good money line value, plus 145 if you think they're just going to win outright. Mm. Instead of taking the minus 115 if they think they'll cover. So I think I might bet most of my fortune on the Bears to just win. Take your crypto coins and let it roll. Yeah, seems like a good time as ever. Right. Which how would which would lose money faster, betting it all on the Bears, or just letting it sit? Mm -hmm. You might you might as well bet it on the Bears. Oh, yeah, right. Lose it it all no matter what. You might as well watch a football game when you do it. For sure. No doubt. The Packers are three and a half point favorites over the Titans. Hmm. I think I like the Titans there. Oh, I was wrong. The Bears are the second highest total because, uh, Bill's Lions I was looking at is uh, Thanksgiving. I would oh. already, already scrolled past. So there's only one wow. game they think was more points we scored. Chiefs Chargers. Huh. It's a brand new world. A brave new world. Where the brave Bears actually score points. They still lose. But it's a lot more fun to watch. And I always assumed that, right? I mean, how many, like, 14, 10 games? Ugh. Or twelve, or twelve, ten with, you know, five field goals in the whole game. Did we watch? And it's like, can't we just lose? Like, if we're gonna lose, can't we lose like forty-one, thirty-eight? And now we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and it is more fun. It's a lot more fun. If you had it's, to, I, if you have to pick, if your team's gonna have a good offense or a good defense, a good offense is more fun. Listen, I cannot imagine a more. Uh, I cannot remember rather a more enjoyable Bears Lions game. It was a fun game. It was a really fun game. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember when. I mean, we, obviously we lost, but at least it was fun. It was a, it was, it was enjoyable. Yeah, and the last time we, last time the Lions had won in Chicago was the game where Mitch just, all they had to do basically was hand off three times and punt, and he went back and just left the ball laying at like the 10 yard line for the Lions uh, he's the best he's the best where are all those uh, actually one of the nice things I noticed it and when they were showing the game which did show the stands during the game you see a lot of 10 jerseys a lot that's because you know people have a lot of people bought Mitch jerseys and now you can just pretend it's a Chase Claypool jersey <laughs> they're back but we had a lot of um Still, a lot of people that were barefoot no, who were expecting. Now, by the way, may I challenge you though? Are you sure these are not Bobby Douglas fans? Well, it could be that you know it's. He was he was a great he was a great old time. Ten. Uh, you know, if I'm wearing a number ten in in, in uh, if I'm wearing a number ten Bears jersey, it's about it's all about Bobby Douglas. I think Demir Bird wore it last year, so you might see some. Might see some bear fans who go down to Atlanta with their Demir Bird jerseys on, and they and then they're mm. torn. They don't know whether to root for, you know, do I root for the Bears or do I root for my favorite player? <laughs> Peter Tom Willis was ten, so they could be some PTs. PT PTW. That was a guy that just never got enough of a chance. I don't think he was the the Jackson Frazier of the Bears. Now, once again, we need a Casey Ignarski on the Bears. You need a, um, you need a way to look up who who wore. Like, you just want a list of everybody who wore ten, and you just can't. We need you can't a, easily we, find it. We need an Ed Hardig to to. We need a Bears historian to set and tell us. Well, Casey Ignarski is actually runs the Cubs by the Numbers website where he. Every time a new cub oh, comes, he I... goes and adds him to the list. It's up to date by the, you know, by the bottom of the first inning. <laughs> Casey's list is up is up to date. He's not messing around. 
Nice. You never heard that he, him, and Al Yellen wrote a book. Comes by the no, I, I never heard that. No. And Al <laughs> somehow screwed Casey out of like all. Like Al got somehow got all the money, even though Casey did all the work. <laughs> well, Al's your big buddy though, too. So you know what? Yeah. Casey's big buddy too. <gasps> yeah. All right. So the. All right. Uh, so we're we're expecting a big. Um, High scoring game. Lucas is expecting a big game. Knock it off. That boy. High scoring game and a Bears win. I think so. Yeah. That'll be fun. Again, it'll be fun. That's all we want. We just want some fun. Right. That is all I have. I literally, that's all I asked for at the beginning of the season. Like, I know you're not going to be good. Just be fun. And it took a few weeks, but uh, they've been fun. Justin Fields is a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. All right. Well, we'll see. All we'll, right. We'll reconvene and see if how much fun we had. Many of us have herpes. Many of us have herpes. I just want this to be over.